Hello, uh, Henrietta. Hi. Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. Uh, Henrietta, this week we are talking about pricing. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting when you started the conversation because I was like, yeah, I get it. But I didn't know about the... Why don't we start? Well, okay. I mean, I know that I've been talking about this for some time now mm-hmm. with quite many people. And that being things cost too damn much. <laughs> like Welcome to New York. Putting it, um, putting it uh, frankly and succinctly, things are just... I'm speaking about clothing and accessories primarily here. And as you know, one of my main day jobs is as a, as a stylist and a personal stylist. So I'm in the stores. I know, I know what things cost and I know what they have cost. I know what quality is and what they should be. I, I, that's my... I'm in my wheelhouse, my wheelhouse in that world. And I have to tell you, I have been griping for some time now about what I say is the arbitrary pricing of things out there in the marketplace to purchase. And it's not only me, my clients have also been onto this. They have been sort of like rebuffing this for some time now. Like, please, this little chiffon dress with a $3,500 price tag just because, it, it, it feels like brands have been taking the piss and the clients are, 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 are knowledgeable and they're not having it anymore. And I would say that there is a revolt. I dare say mm. there is a revolt going on, hence the retail apocalypse. I think that's really interesting because like I def- we've definitely been talking about the arbitrary pricing of product as well as just how expensive everything is. Um, particularly as it pertains to like accessories and like even with streetwear, like why is this hoodie two and a half thousand dollars? We've spoken okay. about, especially giving a disdain for the old, the whole casual culture anyway. Um, yes, the revolt, I must say, is something that uh, has been news to me through you because as far as I'm aware and as far as I've seen, people are literally opening up their wallets and saying, take my money. Well, I, I wonder... Which if, is why it's being perpetuated. It's like adding fuel to the fire because, in my opinion, brands are doing it because they can. Uh, that may be perception, and we may be speaking about a different demographic as well. It could be both. Uh, because the demographic that I'm speaking about, they are the ones with the spending power. They are the 40-plus, the 50-plus, the 30-plus as well, year-olds who have the spending power to buy those expensive products. And it's not a matter of being able to afford it. It's a matter if it makes sense, if the value is there for for uh, for the product that they that they would be purchasing. And, uh, and that's what they're making the decision on I gotta tell you we're talking about brands like Prada actually Prada is a, is a, a known culprit in this game of being overpriced and under quality <laughs> there is a lot of that in the marketplace that the 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 price is not in sync at all with the quality that's going on yeah. and the the quality is downgrading and the price continues to the price continues to go up it's bizarre but I think you're talking about there you're not accounting for a number of variables so for instance, the demographic that you're talking about specifically, I think, have a different context as in like they've seen what it is before. Like there's a lot more context around the product in a way that I think for a younger audience, there just isn't like it just is what it is to younger people. Also, there's a priority shift in the sense that 
even me at 34, like, I don't necessarily want to salivate over the same trend pieces because I know better kind of thing. I think there's a little bit of that. But I think from the pricing standpoint, don't you think that brands like Prada, Chanel, Gucci, with this homogeneity that's happening, you don't know what's fast fashion versus contemporary fashion versus... We spoke about that when we spoke about couture, like, everything's on the same level, where you have a brand that's not a designer brand like a Prada selling things that are Prada pricing prices so then Prada's like well we need to be more you know it's a perception thing like how you know Chanel put their prices up x amount every year to maintain this luster of exclusivity I do think that's a big problem in fashion where they're trying to maintain this clear tier system without changing the way the product is produced so I think that's just like a it's like a marketing thing. Oh, yeah. Well, oh no. It, I mean, it it always has been in many ways. In many ways, you're paying for uh, the real estate. You're paying for the rent right. of these brands rather than uh, than the actual item that you're getting. When you really break down the the numbers surrounding materials, manufacturing, production, and so forth. Um, so yes, in many ways. But my feeling is that at least amongst the community that I'm saying I'm doing my rough study with, that. They are, they are clued into not wanting to pay for a brand's real estate any longer. They're the ones who are ordering them online. They're, they're the ones who understand that, you know, uh, a lot of those institutions, those institutions are being broken down and those channels are no longer in place that they should have to pay for, that there is a... <laughs> In terms of like right, the overhead, the actual overhead, <laughs> the actual overhead, and in terms of actually getting the product to the consumer, that um, that that game has been changed, and that should be reflected in the pricing. And so, I, I'm not saying that it's getting that technical. It's, I, I don't want to put that forward, but, but is, yes, though. there's a there's a processing going on there. But it is though, because actually, what you ra- you raise such an interesting point, which is we've been talking about this kind of messy point at which fashion's in a little bit, because it is that whole thing of like. Well, if I'm buying online direct to consumer, why am I paying for the overhead of your X amount of stores? Precisely. If, and then there's the whole um, marketing element of like perception pricing, let's call it. But then you also have this whole notion of what is value. Precisely. Right? So it's like, are you, um, I don't want to pay for your name. I don't want to pay for your brand anymore. <laughs> like you're Prada, but and. Right. In a way that people okay. didn't believe in that before. 100%. But then it's like, I can imagine the Pradas of the world thinking there's this revolt against fast fashion now. Everyone wants to have staple pieces, pieces they can own forever. You know, and so it's like this whole idea that like people don't want, want fast fashion, so they're willing to pay more for something that's perceived as more value. So then right. brands are putting prices up. It's like a really messy well, situation. Yeah, and, and a brand like a, a Fendi is able to play that game a lot better because they they work so heavily in the artisanal. Mm-hmm. A brand like Prada, whose tricks and, you know, smokes and mirrors have been known for years in terms of, you know, shiny, a shiny, pretty thing that ultimately doesn't have the quality. But there are a few brands that can definitely benefit from, uh, say, showing more work and scaling up the prices. But for the most part, for the most part, people are no longer paying for it that 
as you say, paying for that branding, the branding of these of these so brands. I'm interested to know, amongst the people that you've been talking to, are these people that were buying brands like Prada and they are no longer buying it? It's not a matter of them not buying um, anything. It's a, well, yes, it is a matter of that. No, they're sorry, buying... the answer the question is more like they were they were once buying and now they're like they're actually buying... actually exactly. I don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. So they're buying less. That's for sure. As to you know, if they see something at Prada, at Fendi, at Tom Ford, whatever brand, and they want it and it makes sense for their needs. Absolutely, they're getting it. That's not that's not the issue. But wherein back in the day, I used to purposely go out and get multiple choices from these brands. You're patronizing them, and you saw the value in doing that. You saw the social value, and you saw the the stylistic one. Uh, these days, no, they they're more apt to fall back on uh, existing possessions because the game is not like it used to be, and no one needs to have any in-season, on-trend item any longer. So no one's playing that game. And when the pricing gives sticker shock, it gives another reason for you to retreat and go right back to your closet and just to pick out one of those lovely other pieces that in, undoubtedly you paid, you know, <laughs> you paid for. Put a belt and on it and it's new outfit. <laughs> uh, okay. And that's, there's some, there's a great charm in that right now, I have to say. Funny enough, I, I've been seeing some women just kind of Prada specifically, just pulling out their Pradas from whatever recent season no shame to the game known prints you could easily identify the season and it's recent great smart that's really interesting though because it, there is something also that's happening with consumers understanding their power and like being able to wield that power to to send a message which i think is really amazing but also to your point about prada it's funny because i keep seeing that prada lipstick skirt everywhere okay what yeah there is a whole renaissance of like Sex and the City, Girlfriends, like all of these like older, like times, sorry, not older times, but times that were before. Yes. It, like this nostalgia. Absolutely. Where people are like, actually Prada used to be better before. I'm just going to go back to that. You see it with the Fendi nugget, baguette, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, you the baguette. You see it with the Dior saddlebag. <laughs> well, the saddlebag for you sure. You see it with everything that's Prada pre like 2000. Okay. So actually, yeah, I feel like customers are actually sending a very strong message, which is you were better before, particularly when you were better priced. And then, okay, now let's look at these optics now. If if you've been liberated from this rigid system of uh, replenishing every three months, every four months, whatever, every six months, let's say, you've been freed from that, and now the oyster is... Re- the oyster represents so much in the style arsenal. Like you could choose from whatever. Seasons doesn't matter. Um, sensibility doesn't matter. Once you have made it your own, and you know you have your individual individual expressions around it, like that's huge. So if you're to turn to acquire something new specifically, and you're like you're looking at a three thousand dollar price tag for whatever item that is—a jacket, a dress, a skirt, whatever. I don't know. That just—I know for me, and I'm you know historically I'm one of those consumers who used to buy those you know those ticket items. But for me now, when I look at those prices, I have it gives me great pause because a I think about the reinvention that could happen in my closet, and also we've done a podcast I believe on on vintage, and um, I'm all about like I'm all about that exquisite hundred and fifty dollar purchase. 
uh, in vintage. And so there's so many other options that prevents you from really like laying down those coins that you once did and you feel you're winning like that. That's how you feel you're winning. You're like, oh, please, I'm not beholden to that. I'm not, I don't have to play that game. I don't have to get that to feel uh, like I'm participating in the style game. Great, all the better. With all of the options, with all of our options and choices, you wonder, is there even room for this arbitrary pricing? But then it is because of all of the options that I think is the reason for the arbitrary pricing because it's a free-for-all. Exactly, exactly. It's a total free-for-all. And it's not to say that this this practice doesn't still work. Of course it does. Of course, you know, a Chanel's pricing and a, and a um, to me, an Hermes rather, an Hermes pricing, of course these kind of pricing and... Uh, they have their value and you recognize that and you're paying for those kind of things and you will continue to do so. But look, for example, you were mentioning another demographic, a younger demographic who would say buy the Balenciaga, those 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 expensive, those $1,000, $1,200, $800 Balenciaga trainers that are so popular right now. It seems like the world wants them, but look where you can find them on sale right this minute at 70% off that are still not affordable for that demographic. They may, you know, they may talk about them on social media, but how much are they actually acquiring them when it's all said and done? So um, I, I think when it, when it really comes down to it, there is a, a, a consciousness that's surrounding, um, surrounding those purchases these days for sure. And of course, people are still putting down their money for the, for the status symbol, you know, for the, the logo, Gucci this, and, and so on and so forth. It's not to say that's not happening either, but I will say that there's a whole faction that is, um, that is questioning those practices. Do you think this arbitrary pricing and, and how expensive things are, do you think it's sustainable? Not at all. Not, not at all. The jig is... Look, look at what is happening at retail. <laughs> I mean, are we not going to recognize it when they're going to you know, talk about the elephant in the room? I mean, this business is completely being upended. People are not going into the stores like they are um, acquiring those things like they're supposed to. That, that jig is really quite up. They're, they're procuring things differently. And no doubt the price consciousness is um, shopping is a big part of that. And if... I would love to, I don't have any numbers to deliver to the, to the audience right now, but I would love to know the amount of people who are buying full price um, back in the day and who currently do so and, and subsequently who buy on sale and who currently did so in the past. I mean, this is the era to be strategic and to literally buy your wardrobe on sale. If you don't buy on sale in this era, you're, you're, you're a fool. You know, and you're you. <laughs> literally, if you buy in like the, the first two months or whatever that 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 ripe period is in in retail, silly, silly. Absolutely, you're like literally burning money because you know in just a short period of time those things will go on sale and they will be a fraction of the original pricing. And a lot of people just shop on that. I mean, my clients included. A lot of people shop by that by that formula. So interesting. So I think that there will be, I think that there will definitely be more of that. And it's not as though people are running to fast fashion. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's like, uh, that it's, it's, it's only at the top end of the market or the completely bottom end of the market. But I'm saying that in the in-between, the audience consumers 
are really looking for the pricing of their products to be a bit more in line, definitely with the quality and um, and definitely not with the inflated prices that they've been seeing, certainly over the last few years, too. Um, no, I think it's so interesting because the arbitrary pricing, I mean, I've definitely seen it where I'm just like, why is this sweatshirt almost $3,000 including tax? Why, are, you know, like there are, there are things that don't seem to be that don't seem to make sense. It seems to be all predicated on branding, which a lot of us are smart enough to know not to buy into branding um, exclusively. So, yeah, I think, but the revolt is really interesting because I don't, I never really looked at it as a, um, as a kind of mass thing. It was always like, you look at them as like, you know, I can't afford that, but I'm sure someone else is buying it because it exists. And so it's really interesting to think about it as, um, a bit more of a movement in a way that like I'm not just the only one that's thinking that these prices are crazy. I'm not I'm not going to buy into it. And another point to make is that this whole industry and pricing game uh, becomes apparent and transparent to everyone on the store floor now. And with such significantly different sensibilities and pricing, you can, from one rack to the next, you can literally compare um, um, uh, these products and see if they if they really hold their value. So you're like, wait a minute, I'm holding this $2,000 sweatshirt, and yet I could, next door, I can pick up this, you know, $800 dress that looks like a, a dress I can wear to a wedding or something like that, you know? So you, you really, you get to question in real time right there on the store floor, like is this adding up and then when you feel that something is really out of whack you you almost feel a distrust for that environment and 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 you're 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 walking out backwards and <laughs> <laughs> no and that's not an image that you want to see really you know in a retail space like you recoil because you're like oh my god these pricing and these tricks <laughs> these tricks that are going on in the store I'm better off just stepping right on out of here. And I mean, you know, fine, I'm making a bit light of this, but in many ways it kind of comes down to that. It confuses the consumer. They're like, I don't, I don't understand, literally, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, I don't. And therefore, in the face of that, in the face of all these tricks, <laughs> as they would perceive it, uh, let me retreat. It's so, it's funny and, and really interesting to think about how a lot of the conversations we've been having really culminate um, to this point of a reset needs to happen. Oh, the, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Whether I... we're talking about, whether we're talking about race, whether we're talking about arbitrary pricing, whether we're talking about what's happening at the designer level, like trends, whatever it is, there just always seems to be this like reset that is needed. This to me seems like a much needed reset because it's it's really problematic. Absolutely. But uh you know, we ended our last podcast on um on the the digital space disrupting things and it has certainly disrupted this as well because it's just made everything more transparent. You know, you just question more things and you know in this case you're like, wait, uh people in, in London are wearing this this kind of stuff. Oh, they're still wear oh, I can I can wear that. Like that's still on that's still fine. What's the problem? So it it makes everything kind of it makes everything okay. And I I like I I use the word freedom. It sort of releases you from and gives you the freedom to there's something really wonderful in that, that you don't have to be a certain thing or you know, wear a certain thing. But also and with the homogeneity that's going on right now, particularly with social media and all that stuff, it's all it almost is a reason to not engage 
engage and not indulge because it gives you an added point of difference, I think. There you go. There you go. Well, I, I'm very curious as to this, how this, this, this pricing thing is going to play out. Um, and as I said, I, I think we've spoken about this before in this podcast. They're going to be specialist brands and, and um, retailers that will put out products, will sell products that are expensive. There's nothing wrong with something having a high price, but once it can be, once its, it's value is there, like you can see the value, you can see the production and so on and so forth, um, I think that's just very important in this in the equation. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you've only ever spoken about arbitrary pricing. You weren't talking about expensive products in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a clear distinction. And that's important too, is important to make because some things should absolutely um, cost what it does for You're like, you some know. things should cost an arm and a leg and a liver absolutely others just shouldn't the, uh, others just shouldn't and from what I'm seeing these days a lot of things shouldn't be um, shouldn't cost what they, they do okay okay and on that note we'll see you the next time bye uh, it's my time for something